Let me be the first to wish you a happy second Sunday of the new year. Don't know if anyone has done that. I was out of town last Sunday, did not have the capabilities to do that, but I would like to uh, uh, wish you a second Sunday of the new year, and I hope it's happy. In the next few weeks after we progress through this month, we're going to be looking at some things today and for a couple of weeks, some characteristics, some things that you might need to be reminded of in the new year. And then after we meander our way through that, we will start a study of the Psalms. So I encourage you maybe in the next few weeks to begin that read and begin preparing yourself for those words. What I would like to do today is to be crystal clear and to communicate to you the importance of a relationship with God. I don't know about you, but at our house, whenever we have some important papers or some ball game tickets or tickets to some kind of concert, there's a place we usually stash those so that when that day comes, we will remember where we put the tickets. And hopefully we will take the tickets or the papers with us and not show up without those because that's never, ever a good thing. I don't know if you have a place like that, but in your mind, if you do, I hope you're thinking that way. Mark Twain was a tremendous writer, and with his wit and charm, he had the ability to communicate truths in a very peculiar way, yet spectacular. He was popular not just here in the States, but also abroad, and he tells the story of one day receiving a special invitation to spend some time with the royal family. And he was showing his little girl, his daughter, this special invite. And here's what she said. Daddy, you know almost everybody except God. And I wonder today if there are people here who know a lot of people but who are yet to come face to face with God. And probably there are those here today who made a decision to become part of the kingdom through baptism years ago. Can you remember where you were when you were baptized? Can you remember what you had on and maybe who did the deed? And You know, we, we, we kind of connect to that. But just because you were baptized years ago, that does not mean that you know God. And there are probably some here today who do know him. They have a tremendous relationship like the video just showed, a relationship with God. And because of that relationship and because of that that knowledge, that intel, then they are walking closely with the Father. They are connected in kingdom work. And they are sold out to this man, Jesus. However, there are still some who made commitments years ago who just don't know God. Because if they did, they wouldn't live the way they're living. They wouldn't talk the way they talk. They wouldn't do the things that they do because they have a relationship with the Father that supersedes all others. And there are some who just don't know God. They never have had that chance. We aren't very good at communicating not at home, 
not with our spouse, with our kids, not at school, not at work. We just struggle with communication. And I cannot tell you how many times I tell our leadership here that we cannot over-communicate. Don't assume anything. Communicate with all, all your effort. I like the story of the guy who had kind of down on his luck and he had been drinking a little. Okay, he had been drinking a lot. And he was walking home and he came to a house and he thought, I'll just go up on that house, knock on the door because I'm broke and see if they can give me some monies. Knocked on the door, went to the house and the man of the house opened the door and he realized that his friend was under the influence, not of the spirit, but of spirits. And he said he would not give him money, but if he wanted to work a little... He had a porch out back he wanted painted, and if he would paint that porch, he would give him 50 bucks. The man said he would do it, and after he had completed his task, he came back to the man and said, hey, I painted your porch. The man gave him the 50 bucks and wished him well, and while the man made his way down the steps, he goes, I know a lot about cars, and what you have in your garage, it's not a porch, it's a Ferrari, but I painted it for you. Hope you like it. We don't communicate well, do we? And sometimes we just need to be very clear. Today I want to be crystal clear and I want to give you an invitation this new year to know God. I mean to really know God. And because of your relationship, because of that relationship, you will be drawn closer to him than hopefully you have ever, ever been. So with that behind us in 1 Samuel chapter 3, the first 10 verses, there is an issue there. A young man has, has been invited into God's presence in a special way, but before we can even get there, I need to lay down some background. I need to pull the curtain away. I need for you to see what's been going on, what's led to this point. In chapters 1 and 2, we are told about a man named Elkanah. He had two wives, that makes for a good story, doesn't it? Which means he probably had two visa bills. He probably, had, no, I'm kidding. One wife, Hannah, for whatever reason, was not able to have children. And because of that, she agreed to wife number two, Pania. And she was able to give Elkanah children. And back in those days, a woman's worth was basically based on her ability to give birth to children, especially male children. And because Hannah could not do this, the Bible says that she grew through despair into depression. And over a period of time, she would no longer eat, and she just sat and wept and wept and wept. Her friend, Pania, tried to encourage her her husband tried to comfort and reassure her and to affirm his love for her, but nothing really worked. The Bible tells us that Hannah was a righteous woman, so she decided to take her problem to God. And in that first chapter, she goes to the temple and she begins to pray. And there is a keeper at the temple. His name is Eli, a prophet. And Eli sees this woman kind of crouched down, sitting down, she is weeping. He sees her lips moving, but he doesn't hear anything. So he assumes that she's drunk. And he goes over to kind of scold her. 
But when he goes over, she begins to share her story with him. And she says she was not drunk. And if God would give her a son, she would dedicate, she would give her son to him and to his kingdom. And the prophet said, well, you go and God will bless you with a son. And the Bible says she did give birth and she had a son. And at the age of three, she took her son, Samuel, and gave him to Eli so that Eli might train him to be a godly man. I'm not sure I could have done that. Okay, I understand the terrible twos. I could have checked out then. You know, yeah, take, take his brother with him, you know. I got a four-year-old grandbaby. Her name is Madison. We call her Maddie Grace. Last Sunday evening, a friend of Matt's, friend of ours, got our family tickets to the fight in the Illini Ohio State basketball game. We left on Saturday, came back on Monday. The only reason I went was to spend a little time with our friend and to hang out a little bit more with the kids, but Madison Grace came up to me. She has an Illini cheerleading outfit. She's little. She said, Poppy, I got two things to tell you. Number one, I love the Cubs. And number two, I don't like the Hoosers no more. I said, well, go to your room, you know? That game, I said, holding pom-poms. I have never held pom-poms in a game in my life. I had people calling me saying, hey, I saw you on the Big Ten Network. You're in like the third row. I saw your pom-poms. I don't think I would trade her for anything. The Bible says when he was three, they took, took him to the temple and they gave him up. Mom could visit him once a year, and the Bible says that once a year she would come to visit, and she always brought a a new outfit, a new robe, a new outer garment for him. I don't know how she did that. You know, our little ones grow so fast, don't they? How do you think she knew what size? Did she make it extra long, extra wide? Was it his color? But once a year, she was able to see the son that God had blessed her with and spend a little time. So all of that leads us to chapter 3, verses 1 through 10. The boy, Samuel, ministered before the Lord under Eli, and in those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There was not many visions. One night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak, that he could barely see. If you go back to chapter 2, last part of chapter 1, we are told that Eli now is an old man. The Bible says that he has two boys. Evidently, these boys grew up in the temple. You know, you've heard stories about preacher's kids. These PKs would push you to the limit. In fact, the Bible says they were evil. They were wicked. They were doing things they shouldn't do with the offerings that were brought in to the temple, with the meat offerings, and they were also... I don't know how to say this in church. They were being sexually active with the women who guarded the temple. Eli found out about this, even though he was old, and he spoke to his boys, but he did nothing. 
He did nothing, and God promised that because of his inability to control them, that he and they one day would die. So I throw that out there because we're getting ready to come across that information here in the text. The Bible says that his eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see. He was lying down in his usual place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out. I guess they had a nightlight in the temple. Not a bad thing. Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was. He was sleeping by the ark of the covenant. I don't know if you ever heard of Indiana Jones, but maybe the ark of God right there in his place. Then the Lord called Samuel. Samuel answered, here I am. And he ran to Eli and he said, here I am. You called me. But Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. So he went and he lay down. Again, the Lord said, Samuel. And Samuel got up and he went to Eli and he said, here I am. You called me. My son, Eli said, I didn't call you. Go back and lie down. Has that ever happened to you with your little ones? You know, you roll over in bed and you open your eyes and they're right there. Like, yeah! Or, you know, it's, it's like, can I have a drink? You've already had like three gallons of water. I'm going to be up in about an hour taking you to the restroom. No. You know, second time, go back, lie down. Now, Samuel did not know that the Lord, the word of the Lord had not been, been revealed to him. He, he had not connected to God. The Lord called Samuel a third time, and Samuel got up and he went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. Then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli said, uh, Samuel, go and lie down. And if he calls you again, say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and he lay down in his place. The Lord came and stood there calling, as at the other times, Samuel. Samuel. Then Samuel said, speak, for your servant is listening. That's where I want us to jump off today. Because we had a young man, probably 12 years of age, who had not yet connected uh, completely to God. And there's a whole process that we'll talk through that. But there were some things going on here that began to paint a picture of an imitation to God. And I think it starts with our ability... To understand who God is and what God has done. When I made my way to my office after first service today, I had one of my friends who's been coming here for a long time saying, you know what, Jerry, I have never been baptized by immersion. I hear you preach and teach, and I want to come in sometime this week with my wife and be baptized. Oh, I've connected to God, but I really just don't know him. And I want to know him more and more, better and better. I want to be closer to him. So what he wants for his family this year is for his family to be closer connected and closer connected to God. Isn't that a great way to start the new year? Here's the process. The first thing that we need is a believing heart. And I think there are a lot of believing hearts here today. If not, you wouldn't be here, would you? I mean, we believe... We're not sure we're believers enough to really follow, but we believe or we wouldn't be here. We believe in God. We trust his promises. We try to look through his eyes, but sometimes things just overwhelm us. It's called life, and it's 
the pressures of our world, the outside forces, negative experiences, self-serving realizations, and unrealistic expectations. And you know, maybe sometimes it's easier for a young person to connect than it is when we get a little older. We become a little bit more cynical. We have been kicked around a little bit. Maybe there's a lot of life that has hurt us. My dad's a meat man, and he spent a lot of his days growing up cutting meat. And it's not a preacher. He told me a long time ago, Jerry, don't ever say that you can't do something or that you don't have time to do something because you have time and the ability to do anything you want to. Just say you won't. You know, don't ever tell me that you're too old to have faith or that you're too young to believe or not quite ready to walk with God because you have the ability. Doesn't Philippians tell us that we can do all things through Christ who gives us strength? You can be the best dad in the world, the best husband, the best wife, the best grandparent because God will give you the ability to walk in newness of life if you choose to do the right things. Now, even though I have a little grandbaby who doesn't like the cardinal birds anymore or the hoosers, I've solved the problem. They need a new babysitter. And as soon as I get that figured out, she'll be back on my side. Faith is simply a matter of letting go. Have you ever heard it said, let go and what? Let God? Story about a man who had a well in his backyard, and the well wasn't doing well, so he went down the well to try to fix what wasn't right. And he thought he had enough rope. He came to the end of his rope, and he wasn't at the bottom of the well. So he began to worry sweat some bullets, and he knew he didn't have enough strength to climb all the way back up, yet he needed to rest his arms. So finally, he just let go. And he felt like three inches to the bottom of the well. He had no clue. He was that close. I think there are a lot of people here today, a lot of my friends here today, who are about three inches from trusting God, from letting him breathe new life into your lungs, to let him show you different ways and different processes. If we could just let go and trust him, then we could be believers who believe it. This week with my small group, I was asking a series of questions before we came to our glorious end. And do you believe this? Do you believe this? How about do you believe this? And everybody did this. Yeah, 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 yeah. We believe it. So then I just said, hey, well, if we believe it, and we all do, let's just live like it. Let's live like we believe it because if you believe it, if you connect to the Father, you aren't going to say those kind of things, go to those kind of places, do those kind of things because we believe that he will discipline us And we believe, too, that we could jeopardize our salvation if we continue down that path. So that's where it starts, a believing heart. The second thing, we need 
like Samuel, to have a listening ear. There's an old saying, maybe you've heard it, the walls have what? Noses? <laughs> Ears, right? And I think the same could be said in the church, maybe a little differently. Maybe our ears have walls. You know, sometimes we like to read the Bible, don't we? We like to hear those teachings. Other times, not so much. Love your neighbor? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't know my neighbor. Do good to those who don't do, uh, don't like that one either. You ever been there? The Bible does an interesting thing. When Jesus talks many times, he looks at his audience and he says, you who have ears, do what? Listen. Do you, do you actually think there were people in the audience who had no ears? Do this. Nah. Jesus was just saying, listen to me. Listen to these words. If you have ears, listen. Turn them on. It's going to be good. Believe it or not, there are times when my wife tells me I don't listen to her. Heaven forbid that happened, right? I mean, I might come home and find my spot. I have the remote, and I'm on, baby. And, and, and then she'll, she will stop and interrupt and say, did, did you hear anything I said? And I said, didn't you tell me to sit in my spot and do my thing? <laughs> and then if she says, no, that's not what I said, well, then I point it right at her, you know? Are you ever guilty of that, hearing what you want to hear? When you want to hear it? I have two grandbabies who, who, who like to have noise when they go to sleep. Anybody here like that? I mean, we have traveled all over the place with one of those huge fans. And we sit it outside their door at night and we, off it goes, you know. And they like that noise to sleep by. Will they outgrow that? Please, please, Father God, allow that to happen. That thing's kind of, I can't tell you how many times I kick that thing in the night, the dark, the whatever, and sometimes I just want to unplug it and pitch it. We aren't very good at being still, are we? How many here have kids at home that are connected to their, either their earbuds or their noise-reducing ditties, and they're just constantly doing this? And they have basically tuned everything else out, right? The only way you can talk to them is go and pull those things out and kind of get right in your face. That doesn't work sometimes. We aren't very good at listening. We're just not. There's an old story about a man in, during the Depression who was out of work, but while he was out of work, he was kind of brushing up on his Morris code. <laughs> who would do that? Well, back in the day, that was a pretty prominent way to communicate. And he went in for a job that he saw advertised. When he walked in, he was depressed because there were like 10 guys in there. And as he said, he kept hearing this tapping sound. I don't know what I said in Morse code, but I was doing something, you know. He said as he listened, he heard, here's what the tapping said. If you hear this message come in, you are hired. So he got up out of his seat and he went into the room. The manager said, you are the man, you're hired. Went back out and said, everybody else, go home. And they said, it's not fair, it's not fair. Why did he get the job? And he said, I've been here all morning. 
tapping, and he's the only one who really heard me and came in, so the job is his. It must be frustrating for God to try to speak to us and for us not to listen. Wouldn't you think? Your kids ever do that to you? When our boys were little, sometimes we'd say, look at me, you know? We'd, look at me. When we were carrying them around, they might grab our chins and say, Daddy, I not to go to bathroom now. Okay, I got it. They, they would like lock us into their, their deal. I think God speaks to us a lot of ways. And we just don't let, anybody see the sunrise this morning? Pretty incredible. On our way out here and, Debbie said, do you see the way that snow is kind of glistening off of, or the sun's glistening off the snow and how it's twinkling and shining? And I was like, what sun, what snow, who who cares? So she thumped me. You should never thump a driver, should you? She just thumped me. She was already listening to God, and I was not even on that page. Sometimes it's just a friend's smile, their kindness, The love of a family, the hymns of praise, words of scripture and prayer, a time of communion. It's so important. Matt brought this up last week, did a great job, letting you know that there are some spiritual resolutions we ought to make. Reading through the Bible together, I got to tell you, I'm already behind. Debbie's ahead of me, and that ticks me off. I'm already behind. Don't you see how important it is to have a special time every day when you can get alone with God and listen to him, read his word, maybe study, maybe pray? Don't you see why it's so important to be part of a small group to help you get to that, that place? We're not very good at listening, and we're not very good at communicating. And there's one more thing that needs to be said here. You're not going to like this. Verse 10 says... Once we realize that we have a believing heart, and we do, once we realize that we need to be better listeners, we need to obediently follow in service. We need to do stuff for the king and the kingdom. See, once we connect this way, that's the natural byproduct. We become actively involved in the life of the church, actively involved in kingdom work, And I guess the real reason that so many realize and refuse to walk by faith is because they realize that once they hear God's voice, that means something. That means it's time for commitment. It's time to do something. Let me ask one more question, and then we're out of here. Are you doing anything for the king and the kingdom? I'm waiting for next year. Be a little older, be a little smarter, have my driver's license, I'll be retired. Seriously? Think God cares about all that? Are you doing anything? If, if not, a believing heart, a listening ear doesn't mean much if we're not doing much. A heart of faith, a listening ear, committing ourselves to be a servant. You don't have to dangle three inches from God. Just let go. If I can encourage you to do anything this year, it might just be to let go and get closer to God. Believe, listen, obey. Pretty easy once you stop and think about it. And you know, 
That's what communion is for us every Sunday. A time to believe with all of our heart, a time to listen with all that's within us, and a time to recommit ourselves to service. And maybe there are those here today who need to go through that process during our time of communion. Maybe there are those here today who need to think seriously about this thing called baptism. My friend told me, I have never been immersed. I have been sprinkled. But I think there's more to it than that. Maybe you need to pray that God would give you the ability to be not just a believer, but a believer who's willing to get up and follow. Not just a listener, but a listener to him and his teachings. Not just a servant, but a servant of the king. Will you pray with me? Father God, we love you.